Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas. Make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders and men's below the waist grooming are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Your date will thank you. Black Men Cry Too is an invitation for men of color to feel safe to unpack their hurt and share their truth. This space was created as an invitation for men of color to feel empowered to know it's okay that they can cry too. I'm Retro Barbie, hashtag bright hair, dark liquor, and I'm here to tell you to take care of your balls. Black Men Cry Too is sponsored by Manscaped. Cat Curveball, for your partners who like to wander down yonder, make sure you head over to manscaped.com and use code BLACKMENCRY2, two O's. Your partner and your balls will thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Black Men Cry Too. Tonight I have Leno sitting down with me. Thank you so much for sitting with me. Thank you for having me, Kat. It's truly an honor to be here and you know having this critical conversation right now. So thank you. It's very appreciative. Let's kick it off with a shot. Let's do it. <laughs> Cheers. Salud. <clears throat> Never gets easier, even every time I do this. That whiskey, something different. <laughs> it's very That's cool. different. <laughs> uh, to kick it off, I know that you work a lot with the youth and mm-hmm. you speak to students a lot. Why is that type of work important for you and how did you get started? Um, It's very important to me because when I grew up, I'm, I'm from West Philadelphia, inner city Philadelphia. You know, fa- father suffered from drug addiction. You know, family members incarcerated, you know, very frequently. And the neighbors in my community, people I looked up to were in the streets, you know what I'm saying? So that's the things I inspired to be. And, um, you know, we didn't have no real life role models coming up, you know what I'm saying? And for me, um, you know, going through different avenues in life, trying this, trying that, um, it was important for me to change the narrative of my community. And um, I wanted to, you know, be that pillar in my community. I wanted to, if I wasn't that person, I wanted to strive to be that person that, you know, young kids in Philadelphia, um, inner city worldwide can look at and be like, yo, it's possible. You know what I'm saying? Even if I'm not where they want to be, you know, we come from nothing and make it something, you know. I, I just wanted to show them that it was possible. You know, mother deported, you know, grew up in public housing, you know. It's possible, and and that's why I thought it was very important for me to just try. Yeah. That's dope. I think what's powerful is the fact that you said, you know, you want to try and you want to show them that it is possible, but a lot of times what happens within our community is we don't have that strength, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and we let becoming a product of our community be our message. Yeah. What shifted in you that made you realize, I need to try, I need to overcome, I Um, need to exceed? It was a lot. I'm gonna be honest. It was a lot. You know. You know. Um, it take me back to my eighth grade graduation, where you know everyone was in some type of institution. You know, rather rehab, locked up, or something. You know. As eighth grader. Eighth grade. No, no, no. I'm talking about my family. I'm oh, talking okay. about graduation. So it came back to that time when it was just like no one came to my eighth grade graduation because someone, someone was somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And 
you know, uh, damn, I forgot the question, but I was going somewhere with it. What was the question again? What made you decide to like push past okay. and not be a product? Gotcha. So like my eighth grade graduation, you know, seeing that every person in my family was in some type of institution, right? Whether that's rehab, prison, somewhere, you know, they were there. And then you fast forward on the track I was going, and you know, it took you know some friends to get locked up. Uh, some some deficit my, that was close to me to happen, and, and I'm gonna keep it real. What happened? I went to church Easter Sunday with my homie Dan. This is our first time in church in a long time. You know, How old what I'm saying? Are you? I was 23. Okay. You know, we was running, we was running wild around my neighborhood, and 23. Me and Dan decided, like, yo, let's go to church. You know, we just was partying the next day, like, yo, let's go to church. It's Easter Sunday, so you know, every black mm-hmm. people, every black person so in the world the going to best? church. I was in my <laughs> <Sunday> <laughs> too. So we went to church, me and Dan, it was so packed in there that they had to like go get folding chairs for the center. Cause you know, everybody there fly. Exactly. So everybody was there like, we was kind of discouraged because we couldn't sit down. And we wanted to sit together cause we, we haven't been in church in a while. So, you know, I sat there Easter Sunday, listened to Dr. Moore um, preach and everything. And it was just like, I felt like he was talking like next to me, you know, I just felt the message. I was so compelled because the things we were doing before, you know, church was like, you know, not what we supposed to be doing. So, you know, going, going to church, you know, you know, hearing the message. And that's my dog now, Dr. Moore. And like him, that message, whatever he said at that time, it touched me. It was like, yo, we going to change the narrative of our community. So, you know, my foundation is called Overcame, but we took the O because I'm from 60th Street. And we call it the O. And I wanted to like change the, the symbol between, but behind my the name, because you think about the O and what it means around West Philadelphia, mean violence, drugs, and everything. So I took that O and I created overcame, and you know we we try and do the work in my neighborhood. That's powerful. I yeah. like how you flipped it. So you're like taking something that has a negative stigma yeah. and trying to create that positive yeah. stigma. That's pretty dope. Thank you. When you're speaking to the kids. <laughs> How do you connect with them? Because you, they're they're hard to connect yeah. with, and especially these days. Yeah, I would I would agree. Um, so I teach too. So I teach marketing to uh, high school <clears throat> high school now, and I think the biggest thing is just to show them that you're human. You know what I'm saying? Like I tell them like, yo, I don't know. Like you know what I'm saying? I tell them I'd be very vulnerable with them. I think the first day, you know, I really just told them about my life. You know, I just told him everything that I've been through, everything that I go through, you know what I'm saying? And I gave him my personal phone number. And I was like, yo, like, and it's crazy because, like, a lot of my kids call me now and be like, yo, Mr. Chester. It's kind of weird they call me Mr. Chester, <laughs> but it's like having that connection with them. And I only teach 40, 40 kids, right? So I got a still a big amount. Yeah. But compared to the other teachers, they teach, like, 150. So I got a great deal. Shout out to Dr. Damon, so. <laughs> but, you know, with that 40 kids, I teach predominantly black men, right? From 10th grade to 12th grade marketing. So it's really like, really great to like, they can get exposure with marketing. But, you know, me talking to them is like, whether I'm in colleges, talking to, you know, kids, at, you know, um, or high school, is just highlighting the vulnerability that I had to withstand, right? And it's like, cause I feel like my teachers in, you know, in high school or college, they were superior, right? It was like, they were like, I gotta look up to them, you know? For me, I want them to know that we all peer level, you know, but you gotta respect me, right? But mm-hmm. but it's peer level with our, with our drama. So I tell them like, yo, 
pop was on drugs. You know, my mom was deported, grew up in public housing. I was fucked up coming up, you know what I'm saying? So I'd be very honest with him. So, you know, it's like, damn, Mr. Chester, yo, how, how, like, how do I go through this, this situation? You know, and a lot of kids don't got, you know, internet right now, right? So it's like, how do we, how do we communicate that to the kids? So it's like, it's a very unique skill set that I, I'm trying to have, right? I'm not an expert in anything, right? I hate when people say they're experts. But what I'm, what I'm learning is that vulnerability and, and connection with the trauma, because it's, it's trauma serving inner city kids. So it's, that's the connection I have is that trauma and that relatability of that story and it like meshes together. And you know, I become like a big brother, big, you know, big brother, you know, so yeah. Are you one of the only black teachers? Well, I would say that um, I'm the only black teacher like me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk my shit. I'm here for it. The only reason why I ask is a lot of times I can't even name two black yeah. professors I had growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say um, I am the, well, first of all, this is, I'm in a new school, right? So I don't really know any teachers besides my principal, right? But I know my principal is very, like, she dope. Like, you know, at my other school that I, I worked at, you know, they were scared to address the, the incidents with Breonna Taylor, everyone else, and I was like, yo, this not the space for me. New principal, she is, whatever she feels, she is gonna express, which I really appreciate. So, um, damn, I lost track, where was we at? Black teacher. Oh, black, oh, so black teacher, I'm sorry, like, my mind be going, like, everywhere. So, so um, black teachers, I don't really know, but, um, <clears throat> I know that we have a great principal, great leadership from up top, and that trickles down, right? And you know, at first I was done teaching right at my bat, my last school, and then you know, Dr. Damon called me and was like, "Yo, I got a position for you teaching marketing," you know, and I was like, "Yo, this is this is perfect, right?" So, I think that you know, we have some black barbers that teach. So, it, it, mm -hmm. I would say we got some, we got we got a great format at our school. So there's more representation. Yeah, it's yeah. more representation. I mean, it's dominated by whites, of course. But you know, for our kids that are looking for career technology and CTE, career technology and the E. Entrepreneurship? Entrepreneurship, probably. Um, we have a great setup for them, so yeah. How do you handle having conversations like Breonna Taylor, especially since we recently learned the news of the verdict, um, with such young students, young black students? Yeah, so last week we had an assignment, right? So I, I, I played the, 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 we talked about Breonna Teller's, you know, case, and we, like, walked through that case. And then um, the lady that was fired from ESPN, she put a quote up and was like, you know, the people that, that determined the outcome of the case are elected officials, right? And I used that, and I made my kids market how they would market to African-American families to vote, right? So it was like, it was crazy how the assignment worked. And we, we used, um, so their, um, their uh, example family, I just used the blackest families, like, you know, mom works at UPS, father is a postman, you know, something like that. Gave them a family and, you know, they came up with some great ideas, right? So it was like, I stressed the importance of voting, um, 
and how this election is like really important. Right? I can't tell I can't tell you who to vote for, but I can tell you that you know your vote counts, and um, you know we need the black vote to to vote, right? And um, yeah, so uh, it is really like critical too. Like you know, just telling them like Breonna Taylor was very very um it was very heartfelt conversations because it was just so fresh right and um the kids were like didn't really understand because it's like normal right so it's like crazy how normalized this is happening we got george floyd trayvon martin it's just so normal right and um this happened it's like Yo, it's, it's the kids like yo, it's normal. Like this is what happens, and they, they accept it. So we had to take like thirty minutes to like un- unaccept this stuff, like mm-hmm. un- unaccept this shit, like because this shit is not what's really supposed to happen, right? So it's like, nah, yo, y'all gonna be the future leaders to change it, right? So it's like y'all gonna be those future lawyers, the future doctors, future politicians, and things like that. So it's like important for me to like, even if marketing is not their thing, so like I'm trying to get them in marketing pro, pro, uh, programs and opportunities, but if marketing is not their thing, they can position themselves with skills and stuff like that. Like So I bring in guest speakers all the time. Granted, we've only been in school for like three weeks, but we got a guest speaker coming in. We got I try to get one guest speaker a week and it doesn't have to be about marketing. I bring a doctor in. It could tie into marketing, right? Anything can tie into marketing. So. It's about representation and everyone that we do is black, you know, so, you know, we ain't doing that other other <laughs> stuff right now. Cause we've been taught that all our lives. The right. books, the textbooks, Christopher right. Columbus and shit like that. So we keeping everything black in my class. I like that. I like how you're using like the agenda of what's going on <clears> in the world to get them to think differently and understand the importance of these topics. Yeah. And like you said, make it unnormalized. Like this shouldn't be normalized. And yeah. that's typically what has become issues with us is we carry these traumas like you had mentioned yeah. and we make them normal because yeah. no one teaches us how to unpack yeah so with that i saw on your instagram you had talked about like we need to do more programming around social justice and mental health how do you incorporate like the mental health aspect with your kids or uh, within the overcame project um so one of the biggest things we did recently we just did a deal with um U- university of Southern College. University of Southern California. And um, with that deal, we did a conference on mental health and it was $10, right? And it, it, it was, it, the tickets were free, but it, we just asked for a $10 reg, uh, donation. If you didn't give the $10, we still wanted you to be a part of the, the uh, program. But, you know, it's bringing, it's bringing in, you know, normal people day to day and presenting to doctors and deans at the colleges and universities. We had like 572 people register for the conference and we had like American, thank you, we had American University sponsor, we had Bowie State University uh, stamp it, we had like, you know, um, we had a lot of high colleges like you know, endorse this, you know, this platform, this, this pride, just this conference. And it's like, yo, I'm just a kid from 60th Street, right? So it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's win. It's like, this shit is possible. You know what I'm saying? I'm regular Joe, you know, making things happen. But, you know, mental health is just so imp- important because, like, what you said earlier, like, five, like five, 30 seconds or five minutes ago, was like, yo, we normalize so much. So what I learned in the last few years that, my twelve year my twelve year old self developed 
and mature my 12-year-old problems to my 27-year-old self. So my 12-year-old trauma is now 27-year-old trauma, right? So it's like I got to go back and fix that 12-year-old problem, right? So like I could be more healthier. And I still got a little ways to go. You know what I'm saying? I have problems that, you know, a lot of different problems, right, that, you know, we have, like, you know, my mom was deported, you know, I didn't see my mom in 24 years, that's trauma, right? Flat out trauma, father suffered from drug addiction. And your mom is from where? I'm half Japanese, so my mom from Japan. Pop suffered from drug addiction, you know, seeing him go through his act, <clears throat> that's trauma, right? So it's like, you take that trauma and you, you gotta, you something has to happen, right? So you gotta do something to make it normal so you can be able to survive but it's really not normal, right? So you take that, which you had to develop to your 27 year old self, and now you gotta like, hold on, is this what this world is like? Cause like, for real, for I thought like, I remember when I was like, I was probably like 12 years old, I asked my cousin Vern, I'm like, yo, do every black man go to jail? And he like, yeah, like, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so I'm like, damn, I gotta get strong. So every day he had me doing pushups, <laughs> getting ready to go to jail, it's crazy, right? So. You know what I'm saying? So right now, it's just like we got to make sure that we have these critical conversations. In my homeroom, you know, we take attendance, but we play a video. Like I play like a 10-minute video about mental health, and then we had the mm. last 20 minutes about conversation. I got some I got some people that really be talking a lot of good stuff, and these is like 10th graders, you know, talking about mental health. So we, we creating a great space in my class. I love that. And in Wilbur King, we creating a great space too. So we just cultivating right now. It's almost like your mission and your purpose is creating these safe spaces, especially yeah. for the youth, to be able to be vulnerable and like learn and see different examples. You had posted on Instagram that I saw that you lived for a while questioning God. Yeah. And now you're just questioning like how do you continue on your purpose? Yeah. I feel like for many of us, we've been through, maybe now with 2020, we're still going through. Yeah the questioning of God, and then some people are able to start questioning, okay, you keep showing me these signs, I think this is the path you want me to go on, let me mm -hmm. hone in on my purpose. How are you able to make that switch? Well, I think like, you know, questioning God is like, it happens very often, right? So it's like, you know, I had to question God, like, why do you have me teaching, right? I'm like, I'm trying to be like this global brand, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, why? Why you that got me? It into yeah, why you got me here? And you know, um, what helped me out was just like, I swear to you, like at the boys' Latin, <clears throat> oh my bad. After my previous school, I was like, I'm done teaching. Like this is not for me. And then the when I got the phone call about this opportunity, it was like, yo, you gotta take it, right? So it was like the pay was way more. And, you know, I had 40 kids, right? And I'm like, what? My day done at 12 o'clock? What? I gotta take that, right? But I think like when, when, we, when we start questioning God, we have to start questioning our faith, right? And then I have to start thinking like, you got seasons in your life where you, you have to like build your strength and your endurance, you know, so for the next level. So it's like this level is teaching me what I need right now to get to that next level, right? And then I had to also sit back and like, you know, I'm 27, right? Why am I rushing? Like, why am I rushing? And it comes from the trauma because like when you, you go back to your 19 year old self, you like by 25, I'm gonna be married, I'm gonna have a house, I'm gonna have a car, I'm gonna have this, I'm gonna have this. 
But that's really like traumatic experiences, right? Because like you grew up with nothing, so it's like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now your your pushback to fight the trauma is to like get everything right, and then where depression happens again is like when we get twenty five, we don't have those things, and that's where it's like, fuck, what am I supposed to do now? So it's like now me accepting my twenty year old self, you know, working for two two uh, organizations that I highly have love for, and also being an entrepreneur with my Overcame Foundation, and also me speaking. So it's like everything I'm going through is like helping me get to the next level so I'm teaching like almost a college course because that one day I want to be like a dean you know so it's like one day I want to be a professor you know what I'm saying so one day I want to be a president of a college right so it's like all these things are helping me for my future right so I might not get it when I'm 27 but when I'm 47 we'll get the ball rolling right and it's like uh, why am I rushing so that's that's how I answer that like don't question God because you really should be questioning yourself like why am I rushing you know I like that. I like yeah. that rephrase of the question, why am I rushing? Yeah. Everyone should consider that question. Yeah. Um, with that, you speak to a lot of kids. You have your own experience. You're working with your foundation, so you're around the conversation of vulnerability and trauma. How do you unpack that and not carry that with you day to day? Because that could be a lot to like hold yeah. on to, especially with kids having your direct cell phone number. Yeah. Um, you gotta have outlets, um, and you gotta know what capacity you could take, right? So for me, um, I just picked up some new things. I play golf now. Mm. So like today from like 11 to 2, two o'clock, you know, I was just playing golf, right? Just hitting, hitting you know, golf, golf balls in the field, horrible at it, but I'm just sitting there listening to the the sounds of nature and just, <clears throat> you know, just listen, like just, just, just to disconnect it from the world. And, you know, I think that's really important because, you know, we put so much on ourselves, you know, as humans and it's like day to day, it's like, you know, you know, you got your family problems, then you got your work problems and you got your own problems. Like, so it's like, you know, for me, I'm like, yo, my family, we got some problems that we, we work on. And I'm like, I feel like I'm the guy for my family. So anything that, anything that's an issue, I feel like it come to me, right? So with my kids, I feel like they, they know me, they could trust me with vulnerability, so they give it to me too. And then it's like my own stuff, like, right? So I'm like, I'm like, dang, quarantine happened, I put on 20 pounds. Damn, I gotta get in the gym. So now I got my own problems, like, damn, I'm getting a little old, my hairline going back oh a little gosh. bit. You know, I got my own shit. So it's like, you gotta really like, you know, another thing I do, I listen to a lot of gospel music. That get me through. Um, I play golf, you know, I go out a lot. I hang out with my friends, you know, with my mask on, you know. <laughs> Social distancing. Social distancing, you know. I be at one end of the bar, they be at the other end, you know. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of conversation with my girl about, you know, mental health and, you know, we, we, we um, we have a great space to like, you know, bounce off ideas and things like that. Yeah. How do you feel so comfortable basically being the polar opposite of the figures you saw growing up with being comfortable and speaking about, hey, I'm not okay today. Yeah. Or hey, we need to do better as a community. Or hey, this is why this is important. Yeah, I, I, I just look at where it got, where, they, where, it, where it got them, you know. Um, and this is like my truth, you know what I'm saying? We all got different se reasons and seasons in our life, but I had to do something different to get where I'm at, you know what I'm saying? I, they had to do something 
for them to, to survive. And you know, I was tired of just surviving. You know, um, survival is just like, let me go eat at the Chinese store. That's a response to trauma too, just living and surviving. Yeah, that, that's exactly. So it's like some people, we just do it to survive. And you know, I was doing that for too, so long. Like I'm telling you, I was, I was living on my folks, like my my neighbor, I made a, a, a family in my neighborhood. My, my neighborhood, like this family. So I'm sleeping at one person couch, other person floor, you know, one person couch, one person floor. And I had to do something different. And what made me feel empowered to do it is like, well, first thing is like, for me to tell my story, it is actually, um, this is a form of me healing, you know? So every, every time I tell it, it's like a notebook in me journaling, right? So. Um, that's why I do it because it helps me cope, and I feel like if I could share my vulnerability, that if I if I could help one person to to you know understand how I, how I maneuver, it could help that one person. So I'm not trying to save the world. I'm just looking for that one person, you know, to like be like, okay, if he did it, it's possible. You know what I'm saying? And I know like I'm sure, hopefully, you know, with God's work, you know, and God being with me. Hope I helped one person, you know, and that's really, I'm not trying to save the masses. If I could change one person's life and help them feel empowered, then I, I did my, my my duty. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> yeah. It does. Thank you for that. Um, thank you so much. For um, sorry, I didn't know you were about to finish. I was going to say you have like five minutes till like it's half an hour. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah, Thanks for that. Then I was quick. Um, yeah, we can cut that out. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So the question I'm gonna ask afterwards um, is gonna be the three songs. Are you getting rock? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Three songs? Yeah, so I'm about to ask you like, I'm gonna say thank you so much for sitting down with me. Give me three songs that you listen to to get you in a mood, out of a mood, whatever that mood is. Okay. Just, that's why I'm just gonna right, depart from now. All right. You ready? You ready? You I'm ready. It? Okay, cool. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today and sharing your story Thank and you. healing. I hope this is another page in your journal. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope this connects with someone out there today so he can continue living his purpose and his mission. With that, my favorite question. Okay. Name three songs that you listen to to get you in a mood, out of a mood, whatever. Uplift your mood. Okay. I know people are probably like, yo, he gonna put some gospel music on. That's what I'm thinking in my head. If it's not one of three, I'm gonna be surprised. But I'm gonna start off with Pop Smoke, right? Ooh. I did some wrong. I'm a New Yorker. But I'm always right. Yeah. <laughs> That's my shit. It speaks to my soul. Everyone knows me. Yo, knows Pop Smoke. I just put Pop, Pop Smoke on it. That get me out of a mood. Cause that's my shit. Like I did something wrong, but I'm always right. <laughs> Even the weird like sing songy yeah. part of it. <laughs> I only see that in the park. <laughs> that's one. Um, another one is I'm going to go to my gospel. It's Kurt Franklin Joy. Okay. That's one of my. That's that's a classic to me. That's definitely on my playlist. And um, dang, when Jay Z said one million, two million, three million, four, like. Any Jay-Z song, feeling it, you know, I'm not going for it, but those are my things. I'll say Pop Smoke, I don't know the name of the song, I'm a Thief of the Night. I think it's called Thief of the Night. Mm -hmm. And a little the baby on it. Yeah, and I'm going to be embarrassed because I don't know it right now. Oh, you're so not no familiar. Don't make fun of me. Dang, I kind of want to change my thing. No, because then you got to go Nipsey Hussle, like, you know, I'm like. Okay, so I'll give you five Double minutes. up. 
Double Up is my favorite song. Uh, victory, like the whole victory. Like, whole I'm just gonna say the victory. Like, yeah, you can do it. a whole project. Just the like. victory. Like, that'll get me that. through. That'll get me through. So you said nobody from Philly. I just want to point that out. But whatever. <sighs> New York is just running these days. Whatever. My bad. <laughs> and lastly, what message would you leave the youth with besides let's win? Wow. Um, yo, you good? You remember stuff and everything? That, that was a good catch. <laughs> Um, you know, besides less when I would just say, um, you know, um, there's strength and vulnerability. Um, I think as men and as women, um, our strength and what we normalize is like if someone dies, right? We're like, she a strong person. We glorify that strength, mm -hmm. right? And I think when when we when we look at trauma and things like that, vulnerability is powerful, and you need to know that you know just because you can not cry in front of people and then cry at night that doesn't make you strong, right? It's strength and vulnerability. It's strength in you know crying, right? And it's strength in journaling. It's strength. In different health, it's strengthening it also going to you know therapy. I think that is a big thing. I go to Tracy B. Coates by myself and with my girlfriend. So um, yeah, strength and vulnerability. Hashtag that. And then after that, hashtag Black Men Cry Too. And as always, you can follow us on YouTube as well as Instagram at Black Men Cry Too. C O O. Thank you for tuning in. Do you know what February 7th is? It's the Super Bowl. Your Super Bowls will thank you if you head over to manscaped.com and use code BLACKMANCRY2 to get 20% off with free shipping. Tackle your pubes and win the Super Bowl in your pants with Manscaped.